Okay, we're about to go live. Okay. Hello, everyone. This is the Master Communicator, and I am back. I am so happy to be on the mic today with you. We are in the process of setting up my little podcast studio. So, what you see behind me will not be what you see behind me the next time I come on live. Just want to say it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience to be with you today. Well, the reason why I couldn't wait to complete on uh, to complete my podcast studio to get on the mic is because Valentine's Day was coming. It's almost here Monday, it'll be here. And it is my tradition to have the beautiful Jennifer Hayes on to talk about love. She is the extraordinary matchmaker of the century. And (laughs) I would be remiss if I didn't allow you the opportunity to partake of her wisdom. So today we are going to be talking about L-O-V-E. Yes, I said L-O-V-E. And I want to remind you that there are eight different types of love. We've got phileo, affectionate love. All right. Then we've got pragma, enduring love. Then we got storge familiar love, and eros, this is the one we love. This eros love is romantic love. And ludus, playful love. And mania, obsessive love, the kind of love that causes you to stalk people. And then (laughs) latia, self-love, and agape, selfless love. So I wanted to give you some definitions so that you could understand that love doesn't have only one face. It has eight faces. And you need to be in a better position to understand what kind of love is coming your way. So let's talk a little bit about my guest. She is a professional certified matchmaker, dating coach, and relationship practitioner. She understands the challenges facing men and women who are seeking the right person to date, commit to, and eventually marry. She teaches how to prepare for love and how to break free from the barriers that block the desired goal of a lasting relationship. Her years as a matchmaker highlighted the key factor to attracting the right person, emotional and mental readiness. There is one, this is one of Jennifer's specialities. Whoa, go ahead, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Extending oneself to meet a variety of new people in a portion of the process, but it is not the primary factor. Many people desire a good relationship, but have not worked through the challenges that sabotage their intimate relationships. And those areas are the focus of Jennifer's coaching sessions. 
Now, her motto has always been love big and live big. Jennifer, describe to us what you mean by that. I just mean when it, when it comes to love that I think that we we put it on the back burner. You know, if it's you know, a lot of times people think that when it comes to love that you know it's 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 how it happened to your parents or how it happened a long time ago, and what they don't realize is that you have to work for love. So when I say love big and live big, is that if it's something that you want, I think you have to go all out for it. You know, you have to give it the same attention that you do your education, that you do your job, that you do anything else in your life. If it's something that you're pursuing and you really want. Wow. And then your bio says she believes in love fully and won't stop until everyone around her has what she has. So share with us your love story. <laughs> um, my love story. So it started, <laughs> it's been about, oh, we're going on 17 years of marriage. And I met my husband through a mutual friend. But, um, you know, at the time when uh, I met him, I was really, I had done the work and I was really ready and receptive and open to meet the right person. And we, we do, we have a beautiful love story. We have a beautiful family and a beautiful life together. And I, I picked the right one. <laughs> but trust he me, is, trust me, I've been a, through. <laughs> I had to a lot of frogs. By the way, I thought I'd get well, that out you. before I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I think so too. <laughs> he's a, he's a really, he, he's a really a great husband, very supportive, very loyal, and just an overall good person. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad to hear that you found your love relationship and you are so wrapped up in the wonderfulness of that, that you would spread some of that cheer amongst the single folk out there <laughs> looking for the right one. Now, let's talk a little bit about age specific. Do you think if a person is 60, 70, 80, they're too, love for love, uh, too old for love? Oh, no, no, no. There, it's, you're, it's never too late for love. Never too late for love. And I, I think it just depends on where you're at in your life that there's, if, if you're, you know, single at 80, you know, and you want to get back out there, but there's avenues and there's things that can help you for, pursue that. You know, if that's something that you want, no matter how old or how young you are, um, you know, as long as you're an adult, <laughs> that there, <laughs> there's avenues and there's experts and there's tons of things to really help you. So we, okay. I have clients that, you know, are, are 24 to 90. So it, age is, is not a barrier when it comes to love. So tell us your most unusual matchmaking story. Most unusual. Um, yes. I always, I always tell my favorite matchmaking story and it was, uh, a lady that was out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I tell the story every year. And she was uh, recently widowed. She had been married, I believe it was 40 years. Um, and um, she, she was terrified. She was terrified to move forward, but she really, really loved what she had with her husband. And I always say when, when clients have been widowed is that, you know, your heart is big enough to love again. And what a better affirmation you know, to the, the marriage that you had and to the love that you had than to say that I want to do this again. I want to try this again. And so she really wanted to try this again. And I remember she was three hours away from the office. She was terrified to drive in. 
I talked to her the entire way, you know, I would call her back. Are you okay? You know, you're going to get there. You know, this is, this is part of the process. You got to come into the office because we do, we screen everybody. So you have to come into the office, but anyways, mm-hmm. to make a long story short, she made it into the office and she, and we ended up matching her with a gentleman that worked at the same, she worked at GM, same company with her that she had worked there for 30 years. They were in the same department, but it was a big department, but they've never met each other. And they ended up getting married, blending their families. And it's it's, it's a testimony to to the fact that you said about love, about do you think that it's too late for love? You're never too late for love, but it also shows you that we don't meet people the same way that we used to meet people. You know, we don't go up and say hi and introduce ourselves to our neighbors. And so here's a man that you've worked with for 30 years. You know, probably seen him in passing, probably seen him in the cafeteria, but you never you never knew knew of him and, and also she was married during that time but he's in your circle the person that you could be looking for could be in your circle and you mm-hmm. just you haven't met yet and it, and it goes back to what you were asking me about me and my husband um we were in the same circle we traveled in the same circle for years but if we had met sooner we wouldn't have been together because we were both married at the time mm-hmm. and so timing was right you know i believe God always has a plan and we were introduced through a mutual friend and it just, everything was aligned and it worked out. Wonderful. Wonderful. So talk to me about how parents can prepare their children to build a long-standing, lasting relationship in a world where being microwave seems to be the norm. I think that you have to, to show that, you know, you have to, I, we do, we make it uh, our, our priority to really show Mikey what love looks like. And that doesn't mean that it's, it's perfect, but we show him all aspects. We show him forgiveness and acceptance and gratitude and what love really looks like. And, you know, that's so important because you know, I come from a very loving family. You know, my parents were married over 50 years and I saw that in my family, but I also saw things when it wasn't going good. How did they compromise? How did they come out of that situation? You know, I saw that they were able to disagree, but in the end, come to agreement and compromise. And I saw them struggle and fight and work through it. And that's, that's what I wanted to bring to my son to show him that it's not, it's not, not all roses. And then it takes work. You know, relationships and marriage take work. It's not just the the fun part in the beginning. It's going through trials and tribulations with that person and still making it to the other end and still loving that person in spite of all of their flaws. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that we show that because we see a lot of negative, you know, the social media and just you you see a a lot of negative, but I think you have to show the good and the bad. You know, you have to show your kids the good and the bad so that they know that because if you don't, then when they get out, we we're we as parents, we teach our kids how to love. You know, and a lot of times when kids come from, you know, broken or b- bad relationships that have failed or abused, that's that's what they learn. You know, that's what they learn, and then they they live what they learn. So it's important for us to reflect that, you know, change the narrative that they see if it wasn't a good one. One of the things um, I am so glad that you brought up up, are the fact that is the fact that children are often raised in homes that are broken and they don't get to see that. 
I believe that it's the community's responsibility to share that option with them to make sure that they get an opportunity to see a true love relationship. And it would be, it should be modeled in the institutions that support our community. What's your opinion on that? Oh, I absolutely believe that. I believe that. And I think that there's not enough, you know, again, it goes back to us being taught that it's just going to happen, that if you pray about it, God's going to put somebody in your life, but there's no education behind that. You know, there's no education to show, show children and show people the right way to love and what's healthy and not healthy. Because if you, if you come from an abusive relationship, that becomes your norm, you know, because you haven't seen something that's healthy. Wow, that's so powerful, Jennifer. So we're talking about 2022, the year of double blessings. And I see a lot of women are believing that they're going to meet their husband in this year of double blessings. What advice do you have for those women? How should they prepare themselves? The expectancy, as you said earlier, is good and the prayer is good. But what about preparation, that preparation you were talking about? You got to do the work. You have to, I think, uh, go back and examine the things that didn't work for you before and try something different. It's no different than, than a, a workout plan or <laughs> education. What If it didn't work for you before, why are we continuing to use those same avenues? And so I think it's important that you go back and kind of evaluate your past relationships, if you've had one, past relationships and the patterns of what didn't work so that you're not drawing into you the same people, you know, the same types of relationships. And I think it's, it's super important to put yourself out there. Be, you know, the big word in 2022 is people say, spiritual guiders are saying that this is the year for love, that they believe that this is a really, really good year for love. But I think that a lot of people have become more intentional when it comes to dating. The pandemic is, 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 has really put that to the forefront because, it, you know, with the time that we had locked up and still locked up, um, people were really uh, reflecting on their lives and where they were at and wanting to be more intentional when it came to finding a partner. And so that's, that's the big word. I would definitely say go back and kind of re reflect and examine, make sure that you're in a good place before moving forward, prepare yourself, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally on where you want to be uh, and make a plan, you know, make a plan on, on, on what avenues you're going to try, whether it's a matchmaker, whether it's online dating apps, whether it's uh, telling all your girlfriends that you're looking for somebody, putting it out in the church, whatever, whatever it is, you need to Whatever billboards you're going to use. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, there's there's people that put out videos, but I think that it's important that you let people know that you're looking. You know, a lot of people are scared to say that, hey, I want somebody in my life. There's something wrong with that. You know, I, I, I keep saying this. This is my, my, my quote that I keep seeing over and over again. And I keep saying is that the soul cannot survive without love. We, we need to love and put yourself out there. And I think this is your year. I think that this is, you know, like I said, people, you know, that were closed off and didn't have the opportunity to meet a lot of people. Now they're wanting to get out there and really meet that person. They're reevaluating their priorities and love is at the top. Love is at the top of everybody's priority this year. So what type of love are we talking about now? Are we <laughs> talking about A-Rose or uh, are we talking about 
Philea, are we talking about agape or are we talking about a combination? A combination, a combination, all of the above. But I think that it starts, you know, it starts with that initial dating and you getting yourself out there. And where I said that people are becoming very intentional with dating is not allowing those rush of hormones in the beginning to force you into a relationship where you're kind of clouded by what you, you, you know, you're clouded by the view to where you think that this is the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. It's more of setting back and really getting to know somebody and letting things organically happen so that the relationship can unfold so that you can develop that chemistry and connection that you're looking for that will sustain a lasting relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how many years have you been in the business? 25. <laughs> you look like you're 25. <laughs> Is that what love does for you? What does love do for you? Is this a positive youth? What's going on there, Miss Jennifer? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, but it does. It makes you feel good. It keeps you healthy. So wonderful, wonderful. So what does 2022 look like for you as a matchmaker? Oh, it looks good. I, I'm excited. I was excited about this year because it really didn't slow down. I think that it got better. It like I said, it became more meaningful and people want to be connected to somebody. And I've noticed that um people that were kind of dating, multiple dating or dating a lot, really took the time and said, I want to, this is a year. I lost a whole year. I lost two years. I really want to find that person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And it became more than just seeking people out because of their physical beauty. I think that more daters now are really looking for that meaningful connection. You know, they're looking for somebody that has their same priorities and their same values. And I think that we saw that shift. But, um, you know, dating has kind of changed as far as, you know, meeting people in person and wanting to know if they're vaccinated. There's a lot of new things that are coming into play. It was already crazy on online dating apps, but now there people are putting, if they're vaccinated, if they're not vaccinated, then people are swiping right on them. So there's a lot more things that you have to contend with, but I think those, those things are important, you know, and you should trust yourself to know that, trust yourself enough to know that. If, if it's important to you, then then that's something that you need to put out there. You know, don't be afraid to, to ask somebody if, you know, what they've been doing, if they've been traveling, because because, you you know, we've seen so many people lose their life this year. So in the past two years. So it's important. You know, don't don't think that it's something that you need to blow off. But matchmaking is good. Matchmaking is really good. And coaching is really good. And it's uh, it's been a blessing. It's, it really has been a blessing. And I still love it. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and do you feel like Cupid? Do you feel like Cupid, Jennifer? Oh yeah, and and during February, it's it's really everybody wants you know advice and shows and ex- <laughs> so it's a lot during February, but it's fun. I do this. This is my you know I do this year round, but February kind of gives up a big boost. It's kind of <laughs> I love amplified. it. I I love it. Well. If you were sitting in front of your younger self, 
What advice would you give your younger self? You've been in this business for 25 years. You've seen a lot. You've learned a lot. You've lived a lot. What advice would you give your younger self about dating and relationships? I would tell her that it's all going to work out, that trust the journey and trust the process that you sometimes you have to go through. And, and this is a quote from one of my books is that you have to lose happiness to find it again. You know, sometimes we think that the person that we dated when we were 18, you know, is if, if we're, we're constantly looking for that same person. And I, I would just tell her, you have to trust the process. You have to trust the process. And um, your life story, your life story, you know, is it, not going to be when you're 18, you know, you have to grow and learn. So it, it's all going to work out. You know, a lot of times people wish that they hadn't gone through certain things in life, but I don't regret any of that. I think it was all part of my journey, a part of my purpose, and it's made me the person that I am today. So I tell her, just hold on, hold on, little one. So my last question to you, my friend, and again, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, thank I you think for this might me. be our fourth year. Is I know. <laughs> we, we really like each other. That's a good thing. Uh, but um, I'm curious, I'm curious about the men out there who are seeking a woman. What advice do you have? Well, you have a son. How old is your son? He is uh, 13. 13. No, he's not quite old enough. But he looks like he's 17. He's growing up really quick. <laughs> he's so anyway, what would you tell your 18-year-old son who is leaving the nest for the very first time? What would you tell him about being a good steward to of, of self to mm -hmm. prepare for future relationships. I mean, one thing that I always tell him and my husband tells him is treat him like he treats me. He treats me with dignity and respect. And, you know, he cares about my feelings. Um, he, he, he's, he's just a kind of considerate when it comes to me, his mom. And I would want him to treat somebody that he cares about the same way. You know, I think that we've done the work, you know, I, I know he's only 13, but we've instilled in him some really, a really strong foundation as far as his values and what he wants. And I would tell him just to trust his heart, you know, trust your heart and trust yourself uh, and, and, and you'll do fine. Well, tell him I'm going to come and interview him again before the year is out. Okay. <laughs> with him, he's such an industrious young man and anything I can do to support his career, I'd love to do it. Thank so now you. let's get back. Let's get back to love. L O B. <laughs> okay. Love. Love. Okay. So Valentine's Day is coming. Can you give us a snapshot of how you're going to spend your Valentine's Day with the love of your life? Yes. Um, Valentine's Day is going to be busy. I'm having lunch with my team because it's our day. It's our love day. But it's, I'm also going to. Um, go and deliver presents to my family because I'm big on, I want, I think that Valentine's Day is for everybody and I want everybody, whether they're single or married or whatever they're going through to know that, that they're loved. You know, I think it's about loving everybody. So I'll do that. Then I'll come home and we're going to have dinner as a family 
Uh, we always do dinner as a family unless we go somewhere. Uh, and just kind of, you know, reflect on, on why we care about each other, just reminding each other, you know, what love is about, do dinner, and then me and Mike will do some one-on-one -on -one time afterwards. So it's going to be a busy, <laughs> busy day for me, but I a love it. A busy day. <laughs> I love it, but I... It's going to be busy. It is. And I would just, you know, any advice I would give to couples or people out there, if you're single, I think, you know, prepare to do something for yourself on Valentine's Day. Don't think that it's just for couples. Do, do some self-love, some pampering, you know, some, some uh, reflection, some affirmations, whatever you need to do on Valentine's Day, because a lot of people dread that day if they're alone. But I would say don't dread that day. And if you're a couple, I would say that it doesn't have to be big and grand. You know, it's, it's still the pandemic out there. So I do some at home, plan for something at home, one-on-one. -on -one. It could be dinner. It could be a concert. It could be yoga. Just have fun. Just spend one-on-one -on -one time connecting without social media, without the phones, without the television. That's huge advice. So how can our viewers and listeners contact you if they want to talk to a certified matchmaker <laughs> with you a big heart? You can go to jenniferjhayes.com or southcarolinamatchmakers.com. You can also follow me on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn, and it's just Jennifer uh, J. Hayes. Wonderful, wonderful. So, Jennifer, thanks again. You Thank know you are a love goddess. We love you. I love you, too. We love love. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for tuning in today. Um, one of the things that I want to share with you, I love authors so much that I've started an authorpreneur co-certification program. And at the end of February, we're going to have our first class. It's a 12-week program. And if you are a caring, compassionate coach, and you, I mean, it's not about having a cook cut, cookie cutter approach. It's about really getting in the trenches with the authors that you work with. Uh, join us, join us, okay? So check out authorpreneurcoach.info, authorpreneurcoach.info. And I, I, I try to always close out my podcast with this. I love you. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. God bless you. And if you want more information about me or how to get on this podcast, go to MacWritingServices.com and send us a note. God bless you. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy, happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Bye. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>